Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Of course, it's your boy, Ike Feldman. At Ike Feldman. At the Ike Tagon Everything. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, OnlyFans, LinkedIn. No Snapchat. Sorry. That's a wife issue. But we're doing Twitter freaking spaces. And first of all, so happy to be alive. What a beautiful time to be alive. What a beautiful time to be a combat sports fan. Bellator, UFC, your boy's even getting into boxing. And I also want to let you guys know that not only Twitter stole my idea of recording this thing, I'm already recording on a third party. Newsflash, everybody, but uh, Twitter is now recording Twitter spaces. It's genius. It's digital radio. It's easy. It's quick. It's happening. We have our first Twitter spaces guest. The man. He's not a myth. He's present. He's here. He's a growing legend. JMK of the All-Star. This guy's interviewing everybody. Not only the prospects, not only the journeymans, the longtime veterans. This guy's interviewing MMA champions. I believe he's located in the Asian market. He has that locked down. I believe he's part of this new wave with Oscar Willis, Pizzi Carroll, and of course your boy. Also on the boxing side of things, Dan Canobio. But without further ado, follow at JHKMMA everywhere. John, what's up, brother? I hope you're doing well. I know you're doing well. Your content is phenomenal. Your interviews are great. As I alluded to, guys, he just interviewed the current UFC featherweight champion, Alexander Volkanovsky. I'm not sure about this, but I'm kind of sure. I think I was Volkanovsky's first United States interview. I know this sounds crazy. But after I return home from, and John, uh, I'm an amateur, I'm a novice on the Twitter spaces. I I believe I invited you to speak or to co-host. 
please message me if I, I did it wrong and I, and I screwed this up. I'm trying to make it sound as smooth as possible. Or raise your hand. I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> Let's try one more. Invite to speak. All right. Well, anyway, JHK, I have no freaking doubt this guy will figure out how to co-host. This guy is progressive. He's part of the new age. He's part of the new wave. Okay, he right. he, he has connected. What's going on, man? My apologies for the uh, for the connection, but I will not apologize for the fantastic intro. I hope you I hope you heard some of that. Oh, I heard all of it. I just didn't know how to turn on my mic for some reason. So, you know, I figured it out. You know, Asians, they they know a little bit of technology. Self-deprecation already, right off the bat. I love you, JMK, man. Not only because of your humbleness and your modesty, but because you are part of the new wave of this combat sports coverage thing, man. And uh, first of all, how you doing? How's everything going? Everything's going good, man. Life is good, you know, being able to work from home in mm-hmm. this in this climate is a, a blessing. So you know, I take I'm grateful for everything that's happening. What's the temperature? What do you mean? Oh, it's cold. I'm just kidding. It's I'm cold. just kidding. It's cold. It's, I, it's cold I, outside. I know what you that's, meant by climate. <laughs> if I if I could start off, obviously you've been covering things pre-pandemic. Uh, I've heard a lot of people. It's kind of got them to a new level of focus uh in what way did you better yourself over these last 18 months or so i guess you know because that because pre-pandemic i was doing you know these these interviews and i had already been doing them for a couple of years i was kind of already ready for the pandemic you know what i mean and how the the media would adjust to it so it wasn't much adjustment for me it's just a continuation of what i was doing and just getting better at it and thinking of new types of content or uh new ways of releasing content you know i mean that's all it was um i kind of got a head start i'm lucky in that and and a few others in the industry true uh i remember i started doing zoom in january of 2020 and when everything was going nuts just a couple months later, I felt like a veteran of Zoom uh, doing interviews and whatnot. But again, we're being joined by at JHKMMA on Instagram and Twitter. Also, how would you say that the the sports coverage evolved? Uh, I remember there was uh, – it was just Hawani for a decade and uh, – I know I've had my spats with him, but credit to him, man. He he is the the Muhammad Ali of the, the coverage of the sport. I know Mike Straka was there early on, and a couple of guys on the uh, the Fight Network uh, many many years ago. But for you, how would you say how long have you been covering it, and how would you say it's changed from the start of your coverage to present day? Uh, I think I first started like covering shows in 2014 so 2014 was my first like taste of covering the sport of course i've been watching the sport for a long time just as a you know just as a fan and uh yeah covering the sport like live doing play-by-play you know live results stuff like that tedious things you know just to get myself 
get my feet wet and kind of understand that you have to go through the aches and pains to find out like what you're good at or what you want to do in this media space. Because if you just jump in and just do one thing, I feel like you're pigeonholing yourself because you don't know what your capabilities are. And maybe it might even ruin like what you want to do or what you want to accomplish in the MMA media or whatever, combat sports media. So I was lucky that uh, Asia MMA was, you know, allowing me to, you know, cover the sport for their website. And I did that for a while off and on. And then I kind of took it more seriously, I believe in like 2016, 17, around there or 18. And uh, yeah, ever since I've just been working hard as hell, mm-hmm. no days off, just going hard. And, uh, and it always, and it paid off, man. Like I, I work MMA full time now. I don't have to have any other job. Um, I'm just lucky, man. I'm lucky that uh, uh, I'm in this position. But going back to what you're asking about it evolving, I don't think it has evolved that much. Maybe the pandemic has changed live coverage. But other than that, man, a lot of the stuff people were doing already was remote. You know what I mean? Most, you know, when you're a writer, you could do that from anywhere, right? You don't even have to be at shows. You could be watching it on the TV and write it from your home. So I think a lot of the people that were traveling maybe they were they they liked staying home now because they didn't have to go through the airports and the tsas and all of that stuff 100 percent. and uh derpy boy i i do see you this will be an open forum you will have the privilege and the honor to speak to jhk mma uh let me get in one more question and john i hope you're cool with uh an open format uh, the fans want to piece you man every which way they can get a hold of you and I, I know you're a busy man and i appreciate your time uh before we could squeeze in some uh i guess digital callers or whatever you want to call this um it's not as pristine as it comes across on the outside. I have family members who are like, dude, man, you live in a life. And I am very grateful. Uh, believe me, I, I count my blessings. But it is a grind, man. And, and you, you speak of that. Um, and it's about making it look easy. And it, it seems that you've achieved a certain status that you're happy and comfortable with. At times, have you looked at the mirror and... and, and uh, kind of done what i've done like what the hell am i doing and then what do you know the next week is just it's another breakthrough and then it's another climb another breakthrough another climb have you felt the wrath of this career journey yes of course man i've almost quit i've actually quit a few times like in between that 2014 2017 i quit for months at a time like you know i don't know if this is going anywhere is it worth my time and then you know i did I did start a podcast with uh, a coach and a good friend of mine and that didn't work out. And I kind of like transformed that into what I'm doing right now, which is interviews. And I just continued to do it, you know, like kind of focused on one area of the world and then spread out from there. And it actually helped me a lot. I, you know, with the Australian New Zealand market, you know I mean? There was nobody doing interviews for the regional scene over there. And a lot of the regional guys became guys that, you know, right now, who are like the Dan Hookers, the 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 Alex Volkanovskis, you know? What I mean, a bunch of guys that are in the UFC, Josh Kulabals. Like I've known those guys for a while now because of covering them and interviewing them back like four years ago, five years ago. Um, yeah, it's just I I have looked in the mirror because I you know like I I've had a family the whole time. You know, what I mean, I had a wife and kid the whole time doing this. So what? like you got to balance. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking, man? 
Uh, I'm 42. I just turned 42. What? Oh my goodness! You look phenomenal, man. Yeah. Maybe below the, the waist, you're just falling apart. <laughs> yeah, probably it is. It is falling apart, right? But uh, but you know, it's the the Asian genes. You know, that's what they always say. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, it's everybody's gonna go through that. You know, especially when you're doing something that is very independent and you're learning as you go. And I mean, it's not like I went to school for journalism or any kind of media. I had to learn everything. I had to learn editing. I had to learn YouTube. I had to, I, just everything. It takes a lot of time. You have to invest so much time. And throughout, you know, investing that time, you get, you know, fatigued, you get tired and you think like this is going nowhere. And, you know, I usually had a lot of talks with people that are in the media and they told me like, hey, you know, you're doing good, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. Because when I go back and look at my interviews that I did in like 2017, 18, dude, I was dog shit. Like, <laughs> like I was so bad, but I continued to do it, you know, because even though I was bad and I looked at myself and I was like, you're terrible. You're not even getting better. But people are like, you know who, you know, who's a, a big like supporter and, you know, somebody that like I have a lot of respect for is James Lynch. James Lynch is a guy grinder. that reached out like yeah a grinder he reached out and he's been doing this for probably 10 plus years and he reached out years ago and we just like kind of formed this relationship and now we have a show together um and he's one of the biggest supporters i support him a lot too man and everything he does and i think that's important too man finding the people the right people around you to kind of cultivate you into becoming the best version of yourself and i feel like i haven't even become the best version of myself I'm still like evolving and, and improving and every day I got to get better. You know, the bigger the names, the better you got to get. And, uh, and that's what you, that's what you have to look at it as. And you do need the people around you to kind of say, Hey, just keep going at it, man. Find the balance and, uh, you'll find, you'll find your path. Amen to that. Again, we're being joined by JHK MMA on Instagram and Twitter. I, I feel like you're at the right time at the right moment, man, you're uh, the sky's the limit. Ariel has set the bar high for us and, and hopefully uh, we can pass it in, in a good way. Um, as soon as he goes to cover the NBA, I, I'm just kidding, but let's get to our first digital caller. I don't know what the hell to call this, uh, but derpy boys, uh, I'm going to uh, bring you up uh, as, as a speaker. What do you want to talk about? Please relate it to combat sports. What's up? Oh, geez. Here we go, John. Just joined for fun because I love going into spaces. <laughs> so I'm a YouTuber that really loves spaces. That's my mm. thing. Okay. So I think uh, you're here with you guys. Do you know who Conor McGregor is? Nah. All right, Derpy Boy, I'm about to uh, remove you. This has been fun. I appreciate you for hopping on the... Uh, the, I don't know, uh, the Twitter space stream. Have a good night and uh, do your homework. All right, let's head to ABAP. I hope that acronym is something that is PG. Uh, would you like to get into that more? Let's keep this uh, combat sports related. AB, ABAP, you, are, you have the mic if you want to speak. If not, I'm going to continue the fantastic conversation with at jhk mma oh hey can you guys hear me yeah man you have the best mic out of all of us oh <laughs> hey i was actually just listening i wasn't planning on like speaking or anything hey john it's a feed we met at the rising event a couple years ago of course man of course i remember <laughs> man how are things going man good good man how are you doing man how's um, life over there 
not too bad not too bad I'm, I'm really sad that they shut the borders down in japan uh you know that that really messed up my plans i, I was hoping to make it out this year but now it's going to be two years in a row that i can't go but um wh what about you man how's everything on your end yeah I was, man i was thinking about going too man and then i just saw the news like what was it like earlier this week yeah, yeah earlier this week like monday or something that they're closing it all to foreigners and and lo and behold i'm a foreigner so I can't get into the country, but but I love going to man. Ryzen twenty was the best. That's the first show I went to in Japan in Saitama. But it was the best show I think Ryzen has had. So yeah. do you agree or not? Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with that. The, the lightweight Grand Prix, the title matches. It was just I think most of the fights were finishes, if not all of them. So it was a really good event. Now, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Yuri Prohaska is from uh, uh, or he spent some time in Ryzen. Yeah, yeah, he was he there. Like, Ryzen 20. 12, he had like 12 fights in Ryzen. Yeah, he fought CB Dalloway at that event, I think. That yeah. was his last fight before yeah. going to the UFC. This yeah. guy's a killer. Yeah, I, I believe he's like the new age Chuck Liddell, just like a silent <laughs> killing samurai. I mean, if he stayed in there, if uh, Horiguchi was fighting this Friday, Bellator 272 against Sergio Pettis, if these fantastic champions stayed in Riser or even Bellator or Bellator and Ryzen combined, I saw they did some type of combination event maybe last year or two years ago. Can can we get a cross promotion with the UFC? I feel like Dana White's just splashing $100 bills and he just laughs at when you hear like a, the triad combat CEO trying to take shots at Dana White. I mean, he could do better than that. My point is if a year Prohaska was holding it down, knocking out everybody like he has, I think it's 26 out of 29 of his last fights have been via the finish. I mean, w will we ever see a cross promotion fight? John, you want to take that one or? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that. Um, the UFC will never do cross promotion. They don't even, they're not, they won't even do it for boxing unless they have their own boxing promotion, probably on the side. I think um, Dana's scared of Jake. He's, he's <laughs> he, he, I, I mean, he's not throwing out Nate. He's not throwing out Jorge. I don't, I don't know what Dana White's waiting for. I think he's kind of scared that if it got to a press conference, that Jake would just bring up fighter pay. Uh, basically everything we're saying, uh, and Jake's like made for this type of, uh, I don't know, verbal disputes. Dana White's good, but Jake is better. I don't, I don't, I don't think Dana White really gives a shit. Like he's sitting on top of the mountain. You don't like, think he's, he's bothered top. at all? Of course he yeah. is, but he shouldn't respond to him. The dude is like, he's like 500. He's like halfway to a billion dollars rich. Correct. Like and he why still would he even yeah, why would you even worry about like a Jake Paul or a, you know, only reason he responds to that is because people ask him at the press conferences, right? The questions, mm -hmm. so he's going to respond, and it's raw. That's what you. That's what I love about Dana White. Everything is raw. Like he'll just respond to it, you know, right there and then. Like that's why we get those sound bites of him just going at Oscar De La Hoya or whoever he hates at that moment or whoever's talking shit about him. So, um, yeah. Do you think we'll ever get the Adam Silver of the NBA or Roger Goodell of the NFL kind of overseeing the uh, the UFC, or does it have to be a guy who's kind of like gritty, crack your knuckles type of kind of street mayor in Dana White that covers uh, or organizes the UFC? I think um, the I think when Dana White leaves, we will get somebody that's completely different in personality compared to Dana White. There's only one Dana White. I think uh, a lot of people are saying like Daniel Cormier. And if you look at Daniel Cormier, he's completely different in personality to Dana White. So if he does slide in eventually, 
I think it will be different, but it's going to be the same. The machine is the machine. And I think if Dana White even leaves, he's going to be behind the scenes pulling strings. Again, we're being joined by at JHKMMA, Instagram, and Twitter. John, Mm -hmm. I think if Anderson Silva was on this ESPN platform, that he would just – I don't know. I I think Hamzat's taking everything he worked for to steal a line from Nate Diaz. I think uh, Anderson Silva would have been everywhere on Nike, Gatorade, just blowing up if he had that 16-fight win streak underneath the ESPN banner. And ESPN, they've been good. They haven't been great of kind of exposing the coverage to more casual fans. Yes, this Saturday is on big ESPN, which is excellent, especially during football season. But how high is the ceiling for Hamza Chumayev? This guy speaks 12 words of English. Half of them are kill, kill, kill. I have a gun for all of you. The other half are Dana White. And this guy almost has 3 million followers on Instagram. How high is the ceiling for Hamza Chumayev? It's very high. Um, he's shown it. Like, he's he's capable. And he's, he's not even the best version of himself yet. He's going to be better and better and better every single fight. He's going to eventually lose. You know, I mean, I think somebody will eventually beat him, but then that's all part of the story. Like he'll come back and and win the title. But I feel like he is a future champ. It's just a matter of time. I don't know when exactly. I don't think it's going to be like anytime soon because there's a lot of killers at the top of the division. And uh, I don't think he's just going to go completely undefeated. But I want to see him face adversity. You know, I mean, I want to see him like get like dropped. I want to see him get dropped and come back. I want to see him almost get submitted and get out the submission and win a fight. I want to see something like that. You know what I mean? I want to see that grit. You know what I mean? Because we've seen it in uh, in Habib. We've seen him go through those hard fights. You know what I mean? We've seen Islam get knocked out and come back. We just haven't seen it from Hamza, and I want to see that from him. I mean, arguably, maybe the Michael Johnson fight was a little uh, adversity Habib as uh, Ariel and Chell, the the bad guy, have said. He is the most dominant fighter. Uh, I don't know if it's fake news. I, people making fake Ariel Hawani accounts. That almost got me a couple of years ago. Uh, people <laughs> are now making fake Brett Akamoto account. It almost got me. I laughed at it and retweeted it. But I think people were hinting at UFC 270 being uh, Chimaya versus Edwards. Who do you want to see specifically Chimaya face next? I want to see him fight Colby Covington. I think that would be a good fight. You know, a a wrestler, a guy that can wrestle, a guy that has a good pace, a guy that can pressure you for 25 minutes. I think it should be a a five-round fight. It should be a main event, Uh, you know, not not a pay-per-view, but a main event like fight night somewhere down the line, maybe on Fight Island or something. Hopefully uh, we get that fight. I, I think that that's the fight to make. I think. If they don't, if they can't put together Colby Covington versus Hori Masvidal, they gotta put together Hori uh, Hamza Chimaya versus Colby Covington. I think the buildup would be crazy. These guys already don't like each other, and you know Colby, if he's fighting you, he don't like you. So it's 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 gonna be some intense uh, press conferences or back and forth or whatever. And I know you're a busy guy. I don't want to hold you too long. Maybe a couple more minutes. I, I really appreciate the time. Again, guys, follow John. You probably already do. On Instagram, Twitter, OnlyFans, at JHKMMA. Uh, I'm kidding about the the last platform, or maybe not. Who knows what he does in his spare time? You know, he is yeah. home a lot. Um, I'm selling I'm selling panties on OnlyFans, so go <laughs> check it out. JHKMMA on OnlyFans. Wait, seriously? No, no. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is like, is it at least the edible ones? Yeah, I wish. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, did you see what happened at, at the UFC 268 presser? Colby's sitting there. He's like, oh, and he's is, is just face filled up with blood and, and swollen out the wazoo. Looks like he got stung by bees. He's like, man, watch. Uh, Jorge's going to fall out of that fight with uh, Edwards. He's going to get injured, and then I would like to fight him in the first quarter. And then what the hell do you know? Uh, Kobe manifests that, and it actually happens. I think the UFC, I think it's smart. that They're kind of splitting the profits here. Do the Ultimate Fighter 30 with Kobe Covington and Jorge Masma. I think that's easy makings. I, I think that's going to one of the high, maybe up there with the Rampage Rashad Evans Ultimate Fighter. Let Edwards and Usman, you know, that's going to be a classy mixed martial artist match. It's not going to, it's not going to be too crazy and chaotic. I like Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat Chemaev. Jiu-Jitsu versus wrestling. Both of them got some pretty good hands too for grapplers. Yeah, that's, that's a good matchup too. Yeah, that's the, I think that that's the second fight, you know what I mean? Or one of the options. If, there, if there's two options, it's going to be Gilbert Burns or Colby Covington. I think those are the the best stylistic matchups for Hamzat to test him. You know what I mean? Not for his advantage, to test him, to take him into deep waters. If he could go in there and let's say he he takes Gilbert Burns to the ground in the first round and just smothers him and submits him, then it's like, how could you not believe? How could you not believe him? 100%. And uh, JMK, I really appreciate the time. One last thing. You interviewed one of the greatest featherweights of all time and Alexander Volkanovsky. Who, in your humble opinion, please don't be biased because you, you're looking for clicks. Who is the greatest MMA featherweight of all time? Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo is the greatest of all time. Just look at the resume. I'm telling you right now, just look at the resume. Even Volk said it in the interview. Oh, wow. He said Jose Aldo is the GOAT. Why? Because look at the resume. If Volk continues and just knocks off fighter after fighter and just has a, a little bit longer reign, and because he holds the, the 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 wins over Holloway and Aldo, then he could become the GOAT. And I feel like that's what he wants to do. But right now, at this moment, Jose Aldo is the featherweight GOAT. And, you know, I don't think the other guys are very close, but not not that close. And it has helped the uh, the post-Connor career, right? Because I look for a second that, oh, my goodness, Max Holloway is getting him. Uh, but uh, getting wins against Jeremy Stevens and uh, Pedro Munoz, that does help, right? When you're speaking about resume, you're speaking about everything, or are you speaking pre-Connor? I'm speaking just featherweight. You know what I mean? Just featherweight, pre-Connor, yeah, just his what he did, you know what I mean, for the division. He, he It was just so long of a reign, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's hard to do that. Like, Volk said in the interview, he said, think about it. He's fought title fights and – you know, there's always something wrong when you head into a fight, and he's overcome that every single time and defended the belt. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know the stories of every camp. We don't know what the fighter went through physically, you know what I mean, ahead of a fight or even during a fight. It's just, I think it's just amazing what he's done. Jose Aldo, first ballot Hall of Fame, a legend, and uh, pretty much an icon in Brazilian mixed martial arts. Well, you, my man, are a growing legend. You will be in the Media Hall of Fame or the Broadcasting Hall of Fame or something. There's got to be something for us, man. Uh, hopefully they, they have a wing for uh, Twitter Spaces uh, uh, episodes and this we could get in. I, I still don't understand why uh, people get in the Hall of Fame like Jones and Gustafson or 
uh, Guida and uh, Sanchez uh, just for a fight. The fight should be and not the fighter. I don't know. But that's for a different day. John, I really appreciate the time. Go not get sleep and go do amazing coverage. I really appreciate the time, brother. Hopefully we uh, run into each other at some point in the future. Again, man, uh, thank you for spending your Tuesday night with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, and I uh, appreciate you. And continue doing what you do, man. It's, that's what you. That's all it takes is hard work, man. You know, talent is talent, but hard work is is something that you can't teach. One hundred and fifty percent at JHKMMA. Have a great night, brother. Thank you. All right, guys. ABAP, Kevin, you guys are more than welcome to stick around, raise your hand or something if you want to. Uh, talk. I'm going to get into more current events with the world of MMA and some boxing. I am doing my best to get more and more into boxing. And boy, oh boy. What a freaking fight that we have. Everybody's saying that the uh, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3 was the fight of the year. Uh, I get it. It's heavyweights. You know, it's kind of like the Pat Barry check Congo. One guy knocks one, another guy down and then vice versa. And it's a comeback fight. Okay, that's cool. But what about guys who just, they really, really despise each other? George Cambosis Jr. versus another junior. Teofimo Lopez went freaking at it. There was a lot of heat and publicity surrounding this fight in the lead up. Cambosos, uh, he was not afraid. He was not going to be backed down. He met Lopez in the middle of the ring. Beautiful overhand right to send Lopez down to the canvas. I, I believe that enabled Cambosas to loosen up, gain confidence, steal a bunch of the middle rounds. A lot of people are not looking at uh, his body work from rounds two to seven to eight to when Lopez started to wake up and then eventually turn it on in the 10th round. And almost had Cambosas out of there. Cambosas was on Wobbly Street, about to fall out of the fight, about to be another no-name on Lopez's record and live up to his billing as a plus 600 underdog. But no, his phenomenal cardio and conditioning program paid off because he came out in the 10th, excuse me, the 11th and 12th round after being wobbled from the very powerful Tiafimo Lopez and actually won those two rounds numbers-wise, striking. I believe the striking was maybe 45 to 15 in favor of Cambosis in those last two rounds. Applause for that. Ray Yu, good job. A lot of people, including the, the Lopez family and, of course, Tiafimo Lopez's father, is up in arms about what happened. Of course, his son, his O had to go. He's no longer undefeated. I don't know if they're going to do the rematch right away. I would like to see Lopez take a different fight. Normally, I'm, a, I'm about the immediate rematches, especially in boxing, because they like to avoid each other. How much time that was spent in between Fury and Wilder 1? I believe it was about 
19 it was december 2018 to february 2020 that's too freaking long i think tyson fury took two fights in between they had the booking for fury wilder 2 before tyson fury's previous fight even happened that's how much confidence they had in fury to just wipe away his opponent i believe it was otto wallen in September of 2019, they made the fight with Fury a date in Vegas, knowing that Otto Wallen was a sacrificial lamb. But in this case, I would love to see Teofimo Lopez take one of those reset fights. Step back for a second. A lot of people don't remember this. The fight was originally scheduled for June. Cambosas versus Lopez. But Lopez got the COVID. Fell out of the fight. Then a whole bunch of delays. They were trying to figure out arenas, venues, fight dates. It got pushed back. I think it was supposed to be maybe early October. I think it was supposed to be on like a Tuesday night on a a Triller versus card or something. And then they finally lock in a date, November 27th. And Lopez didn't seem mentally right. Maybe he underestimated Cambosis. We've seen that a lot in the MMA world. All of a sudden in round one, a fighter's like, holy moly, this is another level. Or, man. I really underestimated my opponent. You could see McGregor's face, UFC 229 against Habib Nurmagomedov. Yeah, he was forcing Khabib to go to his second and third takedown strategy or chain wrestle, as Daniel Cormier would say. But as soon as McGregor was on the mat, he did not move an inch. And he had that thousand yard stare like, oh man, this is a different feel. And I feel like Teofimo Lopez had a very similar look after he got knocked down, dropped to the canvas. There was a second where Lopez, his hand stopped him from fully falling to the, to the mat. But then he kind of just gave in like, whoa, I need this eight-second count to reset. And he did. It did take him about seven rounds later to reset. But give credit where credit's due. We've seen this now twice this year. Wilder can't shake Fury's hand. Fury, I know he's singing, Got my blue suede shoes and the Delta blues. But still, shake the man's hand. He beat you twice. You blamed everybody. You blamed Mother Teresa for your loss. Shake the man's hand. And I didn't like the way Teofima Lopez and the Lopez family carried themselves. Shake the man hand. But he did put out a tweet, just like Deontay Wilder put out an Instagram post. For whatever that's worth. Showing gratefulness, counting their blessings. But too little too late in my opinion. 
Now the world is his. George Cambosis Jr. Greek by ethnicity. Australian by location. George Cambosis did a very, very rare move. We, we've seen it sometimes in MMA where fighters get a, a really big win on a Saturday and then they pop on the Arrow Hawani show. We've seen Jorge Masvidal do it. Dustin Poirier do it. Joanna Yanjaychik, basically an American top team. I don't know if it's Dan Lambert or the, the coach Mike Brown who's saying, no, you need to strike while the iron's hot. Well, George Cambosis might have had Mike Brown in his ear. This guy is everywhere. Doing interviews, soaking in the spotlight, deservedly so. Deservedly so. He earned that win. So credit to him. Only big fights on the horizon for George Cambosis, Alexander Usyk. Big underdog winners in the fall of 2021. If you guys forgot, Alexander Usyk, just masterful performance against one of the most highly touted fighters in the world. Maybe a top 10 just a couple of years ago, pre-Andy Ruiz fight, he was it was going to be a $100 million payday, him versus Tyson Fury or him versus Deontay Wilder, but Alexander Usyk proved that the smaller man can win. And so did George Cambosis. Teofimo Lopez is big for that weight class, for lightweight. Anthony Joshua, big heavyweight, chiseled from stone. Granite. But Alexander Usyk had a beautiful game plan, played his cards right, and got the job done. Again, guys, I'm Ike Feldman. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Ike Dagon. I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. It is a play on Octagon. This is my Twitter Spaces 3. I'm getting used to this. I couldn't tell if John was getting the notifications or not. If they invite to speak or speak to invite. It will be smoother. I am enjoying this platform. I come from a radio background. If you can't tell, I have a lot of phlegm and I'm using the the mic on, mic off thing as a cough button. (laughs) If you can tell, you're a very good listener. Unlike my father. No. But seriously, guys, I, I come from a radio background. For me, this is a dream come true. I've been trying to figure out how to interact with you guys. And I really appreciate the feedback on YouTube. Uh, Instagram has just been crazy. I I haven't been on Instagram for like a year. I pop on and it's just, it's all love, man. It's all love, man. Twitter is like a diabolical evil villain who you you get so competitive that you want to chase and beat and win, but there is no winning on Twitter. Instagram is like the Avengers. Everybody gets along. Maybe there's a little Tony Stark snippiness in there, but Twitter, uh, excuse me, Instagram seems to be 
the kumbaya social media. But Twitter won me back. Twitter won me back. Twitter spaces. Man, this is awesome. It is, for me, going to be my Tuesday night, 8 p.m. digital radio show platform. Obviously talking combat sports. Going to try to bring on a guest every show. Hopefully next week I get to speak to Dan Canobio. He doesn't know this yet. I will reach out to him. Hopefully it works out. But we will have discussions, open forum, and, of course, a guest. So let's spin this forward into this coming week's fights, MMA style. Bellator 272, Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, Sergio Pettis. The brother of Anthony Pettis. And I want to get this right out of respect for the man. Sergio Pettis is an underdog against Kyoji Iriguchi. I hope I got that correct. And as I was... Oh, young Kevin has requested... Kevin, what's going on, man? I, I hope I'm not just blabbing your ear off. I hope everything's going well on your end, brother. Hey, how's it going, man? Fantastic. Good. I just uh, I stumbled upon your space here just through my I follow JHK on on Twitter, and I just I just think it's great having the I guess the up and comers in MMA journalism. Those are the ones that I feel like have the more organic and meaningful content just like what you've got here so i'll be a fan from here on i just wanted you to know that my man kevin i really do appreciate that and again i've had my literally face-to-face spats with uh arrow hawani we are cool now and there is a part of jealousy this guy is everywhere his, his face is everywhere but yeah, he is. i will never fail to recognize this guy has paved the way for us. He was doing podcasts maybe even before Joe Rogan on the MMA Hour or AOL Funhouse years ago. So yes, he gets under people's skin. Now he, he's become a shock jock, starting beefs with Brendan Chobb, even cursing for the first time, which <laughs> yeah. is crazy. I'm like, well, I, and I have tuned him out since he started the, the beefs, since he's become Heelwani. I have tuned out Joe Rogan. I love them and respect them, but. I don't know. I'm I'm a big believer in day one. You know, Joe Rogan, you come across as kumbaya, you know, getting Elon Musk to, to share the greenery. But now he's trying to take down corporate networks. Now Hawani's starting beefs with uh, Brendan Schaub. Holy moly, has the tables <laughs> turned that much? Or are they all just trying to get clicks? Who knows? I really don't know. But, Kevin, what do you uh, – is there any other uh, – any other topic you'd like to speak about? Well, and I really appreciate the love, man. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's well-deserved. Um, uh, injuries in MMA, that's that's kind of my lane. I'm, I'm a physical therapist by training, and I observe injuries and follow fighters that are rehabbing from injuries. So anytime there's an, an injury that pops up or something that affects a fight or causes a fighter to pull out, you know, Josh Emmett, 
coming up uh, next week at uh, UFC 269. Big fight. Uh, yeah, it's a great, great big fight for him. And he's been out so long with his knee injury. And then he had complications after the ACL surgery that just kept him out even longer. Uh, for a man who's not the youngest um, fighter, you know, he's, I don't think his clock is ticking yet, but he's not getting any younger, if you know what I mean. Do you know so, specifically what the injury was? Was it a tear? Yeah, he he tore his ACL, which is a common injury, and he had it repaired. But then Yikes. he had he had complications after that um, that set him back. Just as he was starting to ramp up his training, you could see it on his social media, um, starting to ramp up his training. And then the next thing you know, you see him um, back in a doctor's office with a needle stuck in his knee. So he he had some trouble uh, recovering from that surgery. So. I'm actually going to be live at that fight. I'm really looking forward to it and um, watching how he responds in his fight. So that's kind of my lane in this whole deal. All right, let's stay in your lane, Kevin. And again, I appreciate the uh, whatever we want to call it, the digital call or, or something. Um, it's like my former business or current business of radio is making that huge transition into the digital space. But let's stay in your lane with the injuries. Jimmy Crute. Anthony Smith kicked him in the knee. His knee went in different directions. It ha- he lost function functionality of it. Yes. Uh, Jamal Hill, Paul Craig, uh, hyperextended the elbow. The arm was pointed in a different direction. These guys are fighting each other this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris Weidman uh, on that same card as Jimmy Crute. Obviously, we know the, uh, the horrific uh, image that happened with Chris Weidman. Chris specifically seemed like he was... He, he was kicking pads already. He, he was moving on it. He was jumping back and forth. And we see the same thing with McGregor, who's uh, now doing like a, a wrestling takedown defense against the Mets. Yeah. Uh, is, is part of this that maybe it's the, the, the old adage of the Cain Velasquez that these guys are too mentally strong, too tough, and they, they don't know how to literally just rest, relax, and recover? Well, I think... I think it's a little different now. And I, I think especially with McGregor and um, Weidman, pr- more so probably McGregor, you know, they've got, an, they're going to, he's going to have an incredible rehab team that is working hand in hand with his fight team. So once in McGregor's case, once the bone is stable and it has healed enough to weight bear and put weight on it, then he needs to start weight bearing on it because that helps to increase bone density which helps to further his healing. So that's probably what you're not putting weight on. on It actually helps. Yeah. uh, uh, After a certain point, after a certain point when, you know, the acute fracture is healed and, you know, the surgery is, is healed and there's no signs that the surgery isn't going to take like in Weidman's case, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think he had to go back into surgery again because the bones, it wasn't healing. So at a certain point, yes, you've got to start some weight bearing on it. And fighters are fighters. They've got to continue training to some extent. Wonderboy Thompson has talked about this, training around an injury. You know, something happened to your leg. he tore both knees, right? Oh, uh, uh, Wonderboy, you wrist, talked about broke it? his wrist, uh, tore yeah. both knees. Yeah. Yes, and he's, and up, he, he's up in the age, and I've... Now again, I, I don't believe there's ageism. I think we're always gonna have bless you. I think we're bless you. I think we're always gonna have uh, uh, forty-year-old champs in martial arts, uh, just like football. I think Tom Brady is breaking down that wall. We saw Randy Couture and Dan Henderson, but man, 
Ah, Wonder Boy is just <laughs> he's a poster boy, no pun intended, but he's come back from all the injuries and he's looked phenomenal. Yes, he he has, and he's he's done some interesting videos too. Whenever uh, with he and his father um, talking about training around his injuries and how you know at some at one point he was restricted on standing, for example, so he was working on strikes in a sitting position. So uh, just the upper body component of his strikes. So you know. That's what was missing, I think, in, shall we say, the old days of uh, rehab for MMA fighters. Um, there, and, and I think um, Dominic Cruz, maybe even to some extent in his early earlier years, back in 2013, when he had great issues with his knees. Um, uh, learning how to train, respect the injury and the healing from a medical perspective, but train around that and keep the injury safe as it heals but train around that. That's a piece that was missing, and it's uh, it's really exciting to see it coming, uh, maturing. Rehabilitation is maturing in MMA. That's what I really think is interesting. Have you have you noticed McGregor seems like he's put on like thirty pounds in each of his arms? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I'm like, oh my goodness, and God bless him. Uh, I know he's probably just doing everything up her body, but I was like. Jeez, man, put down the dumbbells at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, did you uh, did you play any sports growing up or currently? Uh, basketball. I played basketball, yeah. And uh, how did they stay healthy? How is LeBron doing? I think he's 38 years old. Is it simply just the ice after, like, running <laughs> around for frantically for 15 minutes? You just put ice on your knees? Well, I guess – that that looks cool, I guess. I don't know how much actually that does much to help other than making your leg your legs feel better. Again, someone like him, he's going to have probably his own dedicated therapy team, maybe even a of physician. Course. I mean, he, they're they're able to, you know, address. You know, if he's got some swelling in his knee, he's probably having it taken out through a needle and syringe right away, so that it doesn't become a chronic inflammation issue. And um, uh, accessibility to the, all of the, the technologies that help with healing and helping to control inflammation. Um, but um, Father Time's undefeated, so his day will come. Have you researched any of this Alex Guerrero guy with Tom Brady? Uh, no, I really haven't. I, uh, I kind of shy away from football, so <laughs> I really don't know anything about that. Uh, apparently, uh, I think Brady discovered him. There was a gap in between winning Super Bowls, maybe a, uh, maybe eleven year gap from when he beat the Eagles to when he beat the Falcons. And in that time, he found this guy Alex Guerrero, and there's a lot of lightweight, more bands, uh, more core, not grind his yeah. body to dust. And I was just wondering maybe if you uh, knew anything about it. Uh, apparently, <laughs> Bill Belichick uh, did not like Alex Guerrero, and that was part of the. Uh, <laughs> reason why him and uh brady did not see eye to eye but um uh, one final thing if you don't mind yeah go ahead shots uh pain masking um tactics whether it's a a simple uh, inflammatory over-the-counter pill or it's all the way up to a cortisone um, mm -hmm. people are like, Hey, uh, in my family, they're like, Hey, you know a lot about sports medicine. I'm like, no, I just hear that. Like a Jason Giambi takes a cortisone and he's back on the baseball field. 
the next day I, I hear about uh, people take a cortisone and their ankle or finger might be broken or fractured and they're out there. And I'm just, I'm wondering what, what's your thoughts on pain management tolerance and kind of uh, putting yourself in the athlete's shoes that look at Russell Wilson, that guy should be on the shelf for at least six months, but he's got that, that hoorah mentality and he's back out there and he's got a rod in his finger. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on pain management, uh, pain management and no one kind of, you know, uh, don't grind your body to dust. Yes. Well, just one second. Hold on just a sec. No problem, brother. Excuse me. I had to mute. <laughs> um, I'm trying not to sneeze on the sneeze in your face anymore. No, welcome to the radio world, man. <laughs> yeah. That cough button is a lifesaver. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, pain management. So there's always, especially with elite athletes who are driven to do what they do, there's always a risk of providing pain management to the point where they feel, hey, I'm fine. I'm going to get back out there and grind. That, that's, to me, that's the inherent danger of simply providing pain management um, day in and day out. Something like cortisone injections, yes, it can help. It can be a great option for managing inflammation for an acute injury that's not a surgical injury, you know, something that has to be treated surgically. Okay. But doing that too much can actually be destructive to a joint or to a ligament or rotator cuff structure in the shoulder, for example. So at some point in time, pain management is fine, but there's got to be some somebody in a speaking of fighting in a fighter's camp that says, wait a minute, this keeps coming back up. We've got to get you with someone who is going to tap into what is causing this, what is causing this problem that we have to keep injecting because eventually it's going to shave some life off of your career potentially. And it, you know, there needs to be someone in a fighter's camp who will say that without reservation because otherwise the, the long-term consequences can be, you know, pretty, pretty devastating for someone. So that's pretty much in a nutshell how I feel about it. It's okay, but you've got to find the source of what's causing the problem. And again, Kevin Nicholson, I do appreciate it. Uh, do you work at a practice or are you now doing like Zoom rehab? Uh, what exactly, no. if you don't mind, is uh, where, well, where, where can people find you if you want to drop anything? Yep. Well, I'm on Twitter. Um, at MMA injury is my Twitter handle. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. It's I mean, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> um, currently I'm i I've been a physical therapist for over 30 years and wow. I'm the rehabilitation director for two hospitals in my hometown. Um, not really working with, um, MMA athletes. That's kind of a side, uh, interest and passion that I have. You never know, but I, uh, we, in my hospitals, we see everything from bad car wrecks to gunshot wounds, brain injuries, you name it, we see it. So that's what I do, and that's what I've done for years. Probably more respectable than the people on the sideline who are running around with their shirts tucked in there, the nice khakis and the nice – Right. Uh, <laughs> your job, man, you're on the front lines of – and I, I do appreciate your service for the people and getting everybody better. Kevin Nicholson right. at MMA Injury. Are you on Instagram as well? No, I, I'm. Well, I 
am, but it's inconsequential. <laughs> uh, most of what I do on is on Twitter right now. So, oh man, yeah, I, I gave it up for a while, but it 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 brought me back in like the most. Yeah. Oh, but, the uh, same thing happened to me too back the second John Jones and Alex Gustafsson fight when they switched that fight at oh, the yeah. last minute. UFC two thirty two. God, I threw a fit. I got so mad. I dropped Twitter. I dropped out for about a year, but it drew me back in. Hey, you're passionate, man, and you follow the sport. I do appreciate it. I, I know all the people who are clicking and downloading and, and waiting later in the week to listen. They appreciate it. Kevin Nicholson, I really do appreciate this. Um, all right. Do you have any thoughts on the fights this weekend? I'm about to roll into a preview. Um, no, I really haven't. I've been holiday busy and kids and everything. I've I've kind of just started getting back in and looking at the uh, Vegas 44. So I'm looking more toward the, the following card, the 269 card Woo! that I'm, I'm traveling to Vegas to see in person. So post the photos, I, man. It, uh, it's going to be that's yeah, people ask me in September, like, what's the fight everybody was looking for? And I think they were just looking at the money fight. They were looking at Colby and Usman. This fight to me was circled number one. I said, you know, if John Jones and Francis happen, that's that's amazing in terms of martial arts strategy and just pure talent. To me, this is the second best fight that actually is happening. Charles Dubronx Oliveira versus Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Man, yes. hell of a main event and a way to wrap the UFC pay-per-view events. Kevin, you are very lucky, man. Have yes, fun. I will. Thanks for the time. No problem, brother. Take it easy, and you're more than welcome to keep listening. Yep. I'll catch you later. Take it easy, brother. And as you guys heard, we are an open forum. Twitter spaces. This is my third try at this. Again, I'm very thankful and grateful that Twitter took my advice and they're recording this thing, and they've kind of turned into a digital radio platform. Again, I really appreciate at JHK MMA for joining me. And of course, at MMA Injury for the inside and the background of the sports injuries. Those will never go away. Uh, as you breathe, people will get injured. It's just how you rehab from it. And Kevin Nicholson dropped some knowledge, and I do appreciate it. Guys, let me run off some thoughts on the Friday Bellator card. Bellator 272, Kyogi, Kyoji, excuse me. I've been watching uh, Pink Fung and Hoagie lately, so there was the Kyogi, uh, Kyoji Hiroguchi versus Sergio Pettis. Man, for Pettis, I think it's about patience and picking his shots, which he's becoming a master at. Obviously, has that Taekwondo ba uh, background. Obviously working more to match his kicks with his hands, and it's worked out. He's on one of the longest winning streaks in the last four years of his career. Horiguchi stumbled a couple of fights ago, but then bounced back. And man, hell of a career. 7-1 and one in the UFC. His only loss was to Metrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, so not too shabby to lose to, but... I like Pettis to win this. I like Pettis to stick to his game plan, kind of plot on the outside. I think Horiguchi will go for the, the, the bigger movements, trying to end Pettis's night. But I think Pettis will win in the end. Who He is firing on all cylinders. He looks phenomenal. Uh, I like Pettis to win via decision. Let's see. 
A couple minutes left. Emmanuel Sanchez, another Duke Rufus sport product, is facing Jeremy Kennedy. I like Kennedy to outplot and out-wrestle with his grappling, of course, against Sanchez. Sanchez, he's had two losses, but he did go the distance with uh, Patricio Pitbull, so that is nothing to scoff at. I like Jeremy Kennedy to win via decision, though. And the fight before that, Johnny Eblen versus Colin Huckbody. Huck with the H. Huckbody has beautiful jujitsu and grappling. He he's very composed, and, and both of these guys are composed. Eblen is composed in the fire. He likes to make it like a Vondelli Silva type of fight, while Huckbody is just that slow, quicksand, methodical, kind of like a boa constrictor on the mat. I like Huck Body in the huge upset. You bet $100, you're taking home $675. I like Huck Body in the upset. Before that, former UFC and Dana White Contender Series products, Spike Carlisle taking on Dan Moret. Spike Carlisle, we know him as the modern-day gladiator who will swing his weapons until you quit. He's never been finished, but... I like Spike to win via decision. It is a factor that he is taking this fight on short notice, but I do like Spike Carlisle to win. And one of the earlier fights, my boy, Justin Montalvo, 3-0, three knockouts, a product of law, MMA, and a Long Island native, or a strong Island native. Justin Montalvo is getting a huge step up in competition against Jacob Bond. Bond is a... Very, very solid wrestler. And he's only three of his seven losses have come to strong prospects like Joe Selecki, Shane Burgos, and Pat Sabatini. Strategically speaking, Bond is a very confident grappler. I do see him trying to bring this fight to the floor. Montavo is nasty on the feet. Beautiful boxing, beautiful body work, beautiful footwork. I like Montavo to win via third round TKO. Maybe I'll do a spaces on Thursday. You know, maybe we'll go over the UFC card. Maybe we'll have a guest. Until next time, guys, I love you. I appreciate you for joining, listening, downloading, liking everything Iktagon. It's your boy, Ike Feldman. Follow me everywhere. Thank you to this week's guest at JHK MMA. This guy has taken over Asian MMA. He is the man. He's a future star in the media of the combat sports world. I believe he and I are on the same wave with the Oscar Willis's and the Pizzi Carroll's of the world. These young, vibrant, good-looking killers in the world of MMA. Till next time, your boy is Owsy. Enjoy your week. Maybe I'll come back on Thursday. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.